0: hey everybody thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of let's be blunt with montel my guest today is a doctor of chinese medicine and a licensed acupuncturist when her son remy was born with a rare genetic disorder she began studying the benefits of cbd and realized that combining cbd with chinese herbs could provide relief for her son's tremors and seizures she is the owner of, and co-founder of Radical Roots Herbs, an herbal company that uses the powerful the power of the full spectrum hemp to potentiate the actions of Chinese herbs. Chloe Weber, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for joining us on Let's Be Blunt.
1: Absolutely my pleasure. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Let's back up a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about your background and what got you interested in Chinese medicine to begin
1: with. Oh, man. Well, Chinese medicine. So I had gotten acupuncture when I was in high school to quit smoking cigarettes. One of my friends, one of my best friend's mom was doing uh, therapies for cancer. She had had metastatic cancer and gone to an acupuncturist for a while and uh, sent us to get some acupuncture to quit smoking. And it was a really interesting experience in a sort of hole in the wall clinic in Manhattan. I'm from Brooklyn. And, uh, And I loved it. I thought it was really cool didn't totally work. I was a teenager. So I went back to smoking cigarettes, but I had done it a couple of times over the years for, um, for like allergies and whatnot. But then when I was getting older, I wanted to do something in healthcare and I had tried going the Western medical route and I just wasn't really interested. It just seemed like I was putting a bandaid on everything. And I sort of stumbled into a school for Chinese medicine, saw the walls and walls of Chinese herbs and started looking into the pharmacological actions of them. And kind of fell in love and it's been a, a, a wash ever since.
0: <laughs> no, wait, who's the doctor? If you, if you're, if you remember the name, who's the doctor you saw in, in Manhattan? Cause I, I did the same thing.
1: I actually don't remember the name. I mean, it was probably no. like 20 years ago, but I I'll ask Allie and see if I can figure it out. <laughs>
0: well, that's, yeah, that's very, very interesting. I, I like you did, you know, venture down that path to see if I could stop smoking and it, that didn't work. But then I ended up going back to see that same, Uh, acupuncturist when I got diagnosed with MS. And that really did help me quite a bit, as a matter of fact.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it's incredible how much acupuncture can help with so many different things. I mean, I've treated patients for all sorts of neurological conditions, all sorts of autoimmune disorders. It's really fun. I mean, there have been so many patients that have come in that I'm like, wow, you've been to 20 doctors, what am I possibly going to have to add to this? Mm. And, you know, with, with consistent care and with them actually taking their herbs and getting acupuncture and like, tuning into their body, people respond really, really well to it. It's a beautiful medicine.
0: I I spent about a good two years actually um, taking a lot of Chinese herbs, but you know, literally, I just fell out of contact with the doctor that was prescribing them for me because the doctor was in a different state, and she was mailing the herbs to me in big bags, you know, and I would boil these roots and stuff and drink it, and uh, you know, I really um, I felt like I I got benefit from that. I really did.
1: Oh, they're amazing. I mean, a I- I'm very impressed that you boiled the herbs. That is something that is a very big challenge for us to get our patients to do. So right off the bat, that's like some super respect for me. Um, But they I mean, they're really like customizable pharmaceuticals, you know, like it's taking the wisdom of thousands of years and thousands of years and millions of doctors, you know, evidence based research. And making it so that we're customizing it for each patient every time. So it makes it super safe. It's really effective. As we've learned with cannabis, there's this whole entourage effect that comes with herbs when you're using the whole herbs, you know, as a medicinal, you know, property that makes it much safer and more effective. So,
0: and that's something you have to really, you have to really pay attention to where the herbs come from, correct? I mean, because that, that was, I think that's what ended up, I got maybe three bags that I processed and, and boiled and I put big jars had in my refrigerator and I was using them every day. And then the fourth bag came in and it just looked a little dirty to me. And I was like, well, why would you send me something that had all this dirt still in there? But I guess like really what it was, was just really the, the bag of herbs got bounced around a little bit. So a lot of the bark and things were rubbing together and I didn't recognize that, but that's what, that's what kind of took me off that path. But it's something I might venture down again.
1: Oh, you should. I'll send you some herbs. No, it's, um, it is, the quality is always very important. Like with Chinese herbs, we have typically about 400 that we use, you know, regularly. So we have a bunch that we choose from, but mainly we want them grown in China. That's where they've been traditionally grown. There are different landscapes and growing techniques that they've really optimized in China. But in China, we also have to make sure that we're getting everything tested for pesticides, heavy metals, et cetera. I mean, for me, I work mainly with neurological conditions, kids with neurodevelopmental disorders. So like the last thing I want to do is add any sort of toxins into their systems as we're trying to like help them heal and detoxify some of these other things. Um, sure. there, yeah. are, there are good companies out there that are doing really good stuff.
0: And they, they are importing. Are there any of those herbs grown here in the United States?
1: Some of them are, what I found is that it's hard to get them at scale. Like, so for me, for my company, I can get some local organic herbs, but I can't get them at the quantity that I need consistently for my product. So like I use a company that imports from China, but they make sure that they do all of the testing. And then on top of that, I do all of the testing, you know, once our products are completed. Third party. Um, Because I'm sort of obsessive about that. (laughs)
0: You <laughs> no, should be tell me a little bit about your son, and and when did you realize that there was something wrong? Let's let's talk about his story a little bit.
1: Um, so my son Remy is just the absolute cutest human. I might be slightly biased, but he's mm. he's got me wrapped around his pinky. He's seven now. So when he was about ten months, we got referred to early intervention, um, which is you know early services for kids who might have some sort of developmental delays. And even then, I sort of just like shook it off. I was like, I'm a pretty chill mom. I don't follow these conventional norms, like who cares about these arbitrary milestones. But then he got referred to genetics and neurology. And then we went for another two years of testing. So it wasn't until he was almost three that he got diagnosed with this rare genetic disorder called STXBP1. So you know you're sort of fucked when (laughs) your child's disorder is named after the gene that's mutated. Um, But so at that point, he was just starting to crawl at three, he'd been doing, you know, probably 40 hours worth of therapies every week. Um, So the, the doctors told me that, you know, due to the genetic mutation, they didn't expect him to talk, they didn't expect him to walk, he would have these Parkinsonian like tremors, severe to moderate cognitive disabilities, ataxia, apraxia, I mean, you know, literally everything. So it was one of those You know, I certainly I I certainly knew something was going on, but I had never imagined that it would be something so severe. Um, so that sent us down a whole nother rabbit hole of Remy and I have gone all over the world looking for answers and meeting new doctors, and I've studied everything I could get my hands on, you know, which led me obviously to cannabis because especially when it comes to epilepsy, which that was another one of the diagnoses that they said that he would likely have intractable epilepsy. Uh, when it comes to epilepsy, that's the hardest thing for me, about my son's diagnosis. I mean, watching your kid have seizures is truly one of the worst things I could ever imagine.
0: I I, I have to echo that. I uh, went through about, uh, my oldest daughter went through um, childhood onset epilepsy that was adolescent onset epilepsy that really was just, uh, you know, uh, I I understand what you're saying. It's one of those things, one of the toughest things that a parent can do because it's really When they are seizing, there's nothing you can do except for keep them from hurting themselves. You know, and um, it almost makes you feel like you know, uh, at a loss. So it's Hmm?
1: no, it truly is the worst. I mean, it's a hell I wouldn't wish on anybody. And so many of the kids with Remy's disorder are on like three or four meds, and um, and they have really poor seizure control. So I was looking at that, and I was like, you know, my kid's development is already. So delayed. I don't want to put him on all these meds that are going to slow his neuroconnectivity, delay him further, and may or may not help the seizures. So that's when I I sort of fell in love. I mean, I'm from Brooklyn, so I've I've been well acquainted with the cannabis plant for a while for myself. But then I started going down the CBD rabbit hole and just cannabis in general for neurological conditions, and it uh, blows me away every day.
0: And when you started going down that rabbit hole, what did you find?
1: Well, I found that A, it's one of the most safe and effective medications for so many different things. Um, I also found that there are some really shitty products on the market. Um, and, you know, then in, turn, in learning in starting the business, I found that there are so many hoops that you have to jump through in order to get good herbal products out to people and in order to help educate people on what the potential of herbs are. Um, so that's been, it's been a really big learning lesson, but it's been amazing for my son. And I can tell you that our products have really helped me as well. So it's been great.
0: Did you first start him on Chinese herbs and then introduce the CBD in addition, or have you, and is CBD one of the only cannabinoids that you've introduced? Have you also, you know, looked at CBC and looked at, you know, THC1 and other things like that, or THCA to figure so- out what, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no. So we, so I started him on Chinese herbs, um, and then I was playing with different CBDs. So I kept buying different CBDs, and none of them were really seeming to make much of a different on, difference on his seizures. Um, so then I combined them together, and then I found a farmer who does this amazing no-till farming technique, and I found this extraction technique called spagyrix, which is this crazy alchemical extraction technique. And I put them together, and then that started making a really significant difference on his tremors on his sleep, which is so important for both of us Um, and then on uh, and on his seizures as well recently. So he has these cluster seizures every like eight weeks now, often with the full moon, which is often correlated to the gut and potentially parasites, which is a whole other nerdy topic. But um, so he has these clusters. So we're, we're working with a doctor and we're trying to look into different ways that we can start with THC Uh, for those clusters, because the CBD doesn't knock that out. And so that's one of the things that I also advocate a lot for is that, um, you know, for seizures, for a lot of neurological conditions, you really do need more of the THC to potentiate the CB1 receptors. And it could
0: be, you can use THCA Mm -hmm. and, you know, just not heat it. So therefore, you're getting the value of the THC without the psychotropic
1: effect, right? exactly yeah I've been thinking about making them juices with it
0: absolutely have you been juicing the plant itself
1: I haven't but we um, we've been looking into getting some and playing around with the different cannabinoids we've tried some CbG and some CBC but um nothing really has has hit the mark yet for the once he gets into the clusters but we'll get there
0: and how about have from a terpene standpoint clearly you probably are working with terpenes also right
1: mm-hmm Um, yeah, we, um, I would say that the limonene and the pinene are two of the ones that have been really helpful for him. Myrcene can be really helpful as well. Um, but it's just fun, you know, like to me, it's just amazing to see the, the potential of all of the different, you know, as I was saying before, like the entourage effect, there's so much research in that in hemp and how the terpenes potentiate the action of the cannabinoids and how there's, you know, 113 different cannabinoids in hemp. You know, now there's, uh, you know, you might have heard of, um, what is it, epilodex? Epil- I, I think oh, it's called.
0: Ep- ep- yeah, ep- uh, yeah. I know the one you're
1: talking about. Uh, Dialects or something. I right. But so there's the pharmaceutical derivative, which is basically a CBD isolate that they're giving to kids with disorders like my son's. And there was a meta-analysis that was done like two years ago that showed that Uh, Once a kid was on Epidiolex, they needed like seven times the amount of the pharmaceutical derivative than somebody who was on a, you know, complete spectrum plant extract, you know, and then with that seven times the amount of the product came about seven times the amount of the adverse side effects, both severe and mild. So like, it's just so infuriating to me to watch so many of these kids be put on this pharmaceutical. That is super expensive, has a lot of side effects and is taxing the fuck out of the liver when there are, you know, so many other safe and effective alternatives. When you can find the right balance of the plant, whichever, you know, terpenes and and cannabinoids work for whichever patient, you know, which I think we need to do a better job of, you know, figuring that out. Um, That's the same
0: dance that the pharmaceutical industry went through with Marinol. I mean, you know, they went through this whole big 30 year you know, uh, a process with Marinol, recognizing that it the, the synthetic versions of cannabinoids don't work. They don't. The body doesn't recognize that. Not as the, the endocannabinoid system doesn't recognize that. As much as it seems to, in some tests, look like it's antagonized a little bit by it, the body really understands that I'm missing, you know, whether it's a C or whatever. I mean, when you look at that molecule, that molecule is not the same.
1: Yeah. But it's money, you know? Of and. that's nothing- so sad it's like you know it's it's really not about the patients you know to me i i don't care whether my patients get better from me or they get better for my products i care that my patients get better and if that's western medicine great and if it's herbal medicine you know that's what i've found to be the safest and most effective but you know we know at this point there's so much censorship and so much manipulation i mean my credit card processor held my money for a month because one of my formulas i said um that it this formula has been used traditionally to support women's health for hundreds of years and apparently support women's health is a medical claim like i didn't say endometriosis i didn't say like fertility no. or like regulate your cycle like you know it's it's just insane but i think there was um there was a survey like 2 years ago that showed that about 50% of people who got on cbd were able to get off of their pharmaceuticals, so I think that that elucidates where all the pushback's coming
0: from. And without a doubt, until they can get their hands in it and control it, they're going to push back as hard as they can. I keep seeing these studies come out, you know, almost a weekly now about some new negative effect that they claim that they found in cannabis that nobody's seen for the last eighty years. And so now they're blaming it all on the strength of the THC and the cannabis. You're making such a strong THC that that's what's causing these. Stop. I feel like reaching across the street and smacking somebody. You know what I mean?
1: It's just such fear mongering. I mean, it's, you know, like, it's like this is a plant that we have evolved with for so long. You know, we have receptors for it in every cell of our body. We are literally, you know, made to consume it. And, you know, one of the things that I found really interesting is the the idea that we have this cannabinoid deficiency in our society, which kind of makes sense if you just think about it logically. So, when we had hemp in our diets and in our animals' diets that we were then eating, you know, I think I saw a study that if a chicken eats hemp for its feed then every egg is essentially 500 milligrams of cannabinoids in each egg and then you you cook it and you decarboxylate the cannabinoids make them bioavailable which is pretty entertaining and interesting but so once we took hemp out of our diet then we really got rid of those cannabinoids that we were naturally ingesting so i think that that was part of the reason that there was such a CBD and hemp like revolution once that came out was people were just, you know, once they tried it, all those receptors were lighting up and it was just like unbelievable for so many people.
0: But A lot that- of people that, that's, but you know what you're talking about, you're preaching to the choir, my dear, because I mean, <clears throat> what you're talking about is something that I have blamed our industry for. Now, for the last four years, and I'm going to continue to blame them until so they get off the stick and start educating the consumer. What we don't get in America is that back in the, when America was found, you know, it was found by sailors who crossed the oceans and the seas with tonnage of hemp seeds on board their ship. Why? Because back then, science recognized that hemp was one of the most protein-laden seeds on the planet. We consumed a considerable amount of hemp. We ate porridge with hemp. Uh, you know and and hemp was a part of our daily regimen you know until we banned the cannabis plant and we banned hemp at the same time and we didn't ban it because of anything deleterious uh, in the plant we banned it because it was interfering with you know Charles DuPont's you know rain and in and also you know what um William Randolph Hearst's ability to to tear down the big trees so we didn't ban hemp for cannabis because we thought it was a bad drug. We went after it because it was going to affect the textile industry. It was going to affect so many businesses in America. And then we set up on causing that endocannabinoid deficiency. It's not just the cannabinoid deficiency of the plant. Those plants do nothing but antagonize those receptors in our body. You know, I've read something recently where you know, they think that a lot of the autoimmune diseases are based on anandamide deficiency, which is one of the endocannabinoids we produce ourselves. And we don't produce it if we don't get enough hemp or we get enough
1: cannabis in our body. So, or when we're in chronic stress, it, it depletes our anandamide.
0: Correct. Correct. And, and we'd have no way to replenish it unless we actually consume something that will antagonize the receptors to make them make it. Um, what what doctors what have doctors said about, first off, about your son's recovery or at least the improvement of his conditions based on what you're doing? Did they say no, it has nothing to do with your hemp? What do they say?
1: Um, no, they're always they always actually are pretty supportive about it, at least in the seizure world, it's fairly well known that hemp can be really helpful. They're just sort of they're very standoff about it. You know, they're like, well, you know. I hear it can be helpful, but we don't really know much about it. There's some research studies, cat, um, there's some research studies, but it's, uh, you know, you basically have to figure it out yourself and find a doctor that can advise you.
0: That's what blows me, blows my mind uh, when you hear it come out of a doctor's mouth who's supposed to be able to research on their own. If that doctor was smart enough to do a little research, they recognize that there is more peer-reviewed published documentation on hemp and cannabis than there is on alcohol. Yet that same doctor will go out and belt down a, a couple shots of scotch before he goes to bed with his with his you know? I mean? Which really drives me crazy.
1: Well, when it comes to, especially when it comes to rare diseases and really neurological conditions in general, I've been largely disappointed. Um, even when my son's doctor, it was like, you know, one of the top doctors at Cornell Pediatrics uh, in genetics. And I go into his office and literally he gives me this, you know, absolutely devastating diagnosis. And he goes, you know, this is the first time I've ever heard of this disorder. I printed out a research study, but I didn't get a chance to read it. To me, I'm like, dude, like as a practitioner, as a medical professional, you know, if you don't have the curiosity, at least to read one research study, let alone as a human to like have a conversation with me and like tell me this devastating diagnosis, you don't even give me the courtesy of like reading it. I mean... I've done so many interesting things with my son. I mean, I've been taking him to a neurologist in Ecuador where we do all this neurohacking stuff. We do like ozone therapy and hyperbarics and alpha brainwave stimulation. I'm learning neurofeedback. I mean, I do all sorts of crazy stuff with him. And really, I've just had to go way outside of the typical paradigm because Western medicine and the doctors have just had nothing for me. They're just like, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, and
0: mean they, they give up so easily. It's really kind of crazy to me. I don't understand how they can give up so easy. I do know that there's some there's there is if you go to Canada there's a medical device that's called a PONS device, P O N S, portable neural modulation device that was created here in the United States. I had to go to Canada to get a CE mark first in Canada. It's being used in Canada for various forms of ataxia. Though it, it was literally developed and created for traumatic brain injury, it ended up getting, a, getting FDA clearance in Canada for traumatic brain injury and MS. And it's being off-label used in stroke and Parkinson's and ataxia and also a little bit in cerebral, cerebral palsy in Russia. It finally got... FDA approval here in the United States or FDA clearance in the United States to be commercialized for MS and stroke. It's being used in Australia for stroke, MS, and traumatic brain injury, and also is undergoing trials right now or undergoing clearance in the EU for MS and stroke. So you ought to look into it. The company that created it is called Helios Medical Technologies, and it's a PONS device, portable neuromodulation device which does send stimulation through the two cranial nerves in the tongue directly into the <laughs> brain. Yeah, I've there's, been using this device for 10 years.
1: Cool. Yeah. No, I actually um, – I've been – there's a – I've read a couple of books about doing – using those nerves in order to stimulate sort of – I think it, you can actually like sort of rewire the – It is one of
0: the power only power devices in the world that's, that's, that's been given that. credit to being able to – create neuroplasticity in the brain, it will literally find pathways around the damage and utilize new nerve endings to take the place of the ones that are damaged. And this has been proven now. So it works. We know that they've had some significant impact on cerebral palsy patients, ataxia patients in Russia. We've had some significant impact on MS and traumatic brain injury in Canada. We're starting to see the results here in the United States. So that's something that, you know, you have to dig in a little bit and see. It'll be it'll be prescribed here in the United States, I think, within the next six months or so. So you could probably find a doctor who would allow you to use it off-label, and it may give your son some some uh, benefit.
1: Yeah. No, that's cool. I, I'm all for those. You know, as a mom and as a practitioner, I feel lucky because I can sort of push the bar a little bit with Rem because, A, I – I know what's safe. And then B, I know him so well. I've been a solo mom with him since he was one. So like, you know, I can tell if he's going to have seizures by the way, you know, his digestion is, I can tell if he's sick by the smell of his breath. Like if he has any sort of adverse reaction to something I'm going to know immediately. So like, I look at these things and I'm like, are they, are they safe? Are they potentially helpful? You know, and I'm, Mm. I'm able to push that a little bit and there's so much stuff that's out there. You know, so it's hard for me also to watch, you know, like since I live in the world of disability, it's really hard for me to watch so many of these kids where the Western medical, you know, approach is really just let's just give them a ton of pharmaceuticals. Oh, they have GI pain. Let's just give them a ton of pharmaceuticals. Oh, they have anxiety. Let's just dull that out where I'm just like, you know. Can we look at diet? Can we talk about herbs? Mm-hmm. can we Can we look at some of the other ways that we can help? And, you know, I'm not thinking that some of these things are gonna you know magically cure my kid. You know, he's got a rare and challenging genetic disorder, but to me, it's like every inch of of independence is worth a battle, and every little bit of joy and like health is worth it, you know, is he talking? No, he's not talking. He's walking, he's kicking a soccer ball and he's, he's happy and he's healthy and he's doing great, you know? So it's, it's finding that balance of like, I want to support him and give him as many healing opportunities as I possibly can, but I'm also going to love him for who he is. Um, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now let's we'll talk a little bit to me about, about the, the variations of the hemp plant itself and some of the corresponding pharmacology. You've been digging into hemp so much. Let's talk a little bit about this, because I think, you know, a lot of other parents out there and other people out there that are looking for products need to understand that, you know, hemp is not hemp is not hemp.
1: Yeah. Well, I think to me, one of the main things that you want to look for is you want to, you know, as we discussed, you need a complete spectrum plant, no matter what it is. You know, that 0.3% of THC, while that's a completely arbitrary number, and I wish it was a higher percentage, you want to get that 0.3% THC because that's going to potentiate the actions as we've talked about. Also, obviously, you want to look at the terpene profile because the terpenes each have different things. So those are all sort of different essential oils. And those oils have different actions within the body. So you can really potentiate the actions of the hemp by looking at what the terpene profile is. And that's one of the things you know, that, that I think people have caught on to fairly well. Um, And then now, you know, as you know, they've been looking into more uh, variants in the CBG and CBC and different, you know, cannabinoids and trying to potentiate those, which are pretty interesting. Uh, CBN is another big one. That one's great for sleep. CBG is interesting because I believe that one activates the CB1 receptor as well without the psychotropic effects.
0: Well, it doesn't because CBG is basically some call it the guy cannabinoid or the stem cell cannabinoid. It is what turns into THC and CBD to begin with. Exactly. CBG is prevalent in the plant for about the first six, seven weeks, and it starts to go down as THC and CBD start to form. So it basically has the potential inside of it to be, you can actually push cbg to become thc um chemically i don't like that idea at all i don't like messing with the molecule leave it alone but that molecule would probably have the same effect as thc when it comes to you know antagonizing receptors
1: yeah absolutely well and it's it's interesting because it's the the innate wisdom of the plant is so much further beyond like what we could ever conceive you know like it's just the more I learn about it the more respect I have for it another thing that blows me away and that I think is super important for everybody to understand is that uh, hemp and cannabis just in general is a hyperaccumulator. so it is going to pull up any of the toxins that are in the environment so it's amazing because obviously we we need these toxins to be cleaned out of our environment so that we can you know, potentiate topsoil and and remineralize our soils. But then, you know, on the flip side, since there are so many really crappy CBD products out there, you know, you want to make sure that these, they, whatever company you're buying from is doing third party testing, because as much as CBD, you know, again, I, I really believe this plant can can save our world in so many ways, you know, it can actually heal our earth and heal us at the same time. But, you know, when you're mass producing it and doing it unethically and, and, you know, doing it in soil that's been, you know, covered in pesticides and glyphosate, then you're just potentiating that in your body also.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, well, that, that's one of the problems. I mean, I think that, you know, we're going to be facing here in the United States is the fact that when you look at global warming, in a sense, and we look at the temperatures that we've had out west you know, and though, you know, the plant is a robust plant, it's a weed, it'll grow. But, you know, we run into issues with actually having enough of it and, you know, enough of it that we can break up and use in different types of ways like you're doing. So, you know, people do have to really, 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 really look at where they're getting their product from.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, it's just like what you said with the herbs in the beginning, you know, like Chinese herbs, same thing. Like, wherever, you know, just because herbal medicine is considered more safe, you know, it doesn't mean that we don't have to take, you know, precautions and make sure that you're getting it from a company that's doing the right thing and doing the testing to make sure that you're not just ingesting more toxins. And then there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of bad herbal products on the market. And there are a lot of people who are just looking out to make, you know, a quick buck. buck. And it's, it's really disappointing. I went to a, I went to like a hemp expo in new york like two years ago i guess it must have been two years ago because it was before the pandemic and uh and it was just crazy to see the amount of money that has poured into particularly the cbd industry um it's just it's just madness i mean there were like cbd slushies and like all sorts of crap and so i left there and i was like wow like i'm so blown away by my products. I love them. I'm so proud of them. This is like, you know, that made me feel really good because there wasn't one company there that I felt like was in any way comparable to what I put out there. I was well, like, since
0: hey, you know, a lot of these companies actually claim to have CBD in their product. But they really don't, where they have such a small amount of CBD in a product that's really negligible that it would have any kind of a response in your body.
1: Oh, um, yeah. I saw what somebody was telling me recently about a company that claims that they have 2,000 milligrams of cannabis. I don't know how they worded it. They worded it somehow sneaky, but it was basically they were saying they had 2,000 milligrams per bottle, but they really had like 500. And I was like, but why do you lie? Like, just don't right.
0: lie. <laughs> like- well, a lot of them, you know, they, they put out this idea that they have hemp in their product, but they don't necessarily say that The hemp oil that they're using, hemp seed oil that they're using, isn't, they may just extract a little bit of hemp seed oil, give themselves a couple of microns, stick it in that bottle, and the rest of it is nothing more than filler.
1: Totally. Well, and it's so hard because, like, you know, I'm sure you know, I can't say CBD on anything. I don't say CBD on my website. I don't say CBD on the bottles. It's like, you know, 750 milligrams of complete hemp extract or something along those lines. So we get people calling up all the time who are like, is this, CBD, is this, what is this? And I'm like, well, I can't, I can't say CBD because that molecule is being used in a pharmaceutical. So now I have to talk about it as a whole plant because they can't plant, patent a whole plant. But now I mean, they're they're taking over that one cannabinoid, which I'm sure they'll continue to try and chip away at the plant.
0: Correct. Now, how is CBD viewed in Chinese medicine?
1: So it's interesting. So we use The way we talk about the body is very different than Western medicine. So we sort of talk about the body as a microcosm of the macrocosm. So we use like environmental factors to describe physiological actions. Because you got to remember, we started studying or they started studying Chinese medicine, Chinese herbs thousands of years ago. So instead of talking about like, you know, epilepsy, you know, we talked about that as wind being trapped within the body. So we sort of look at how the different um, organs and energies of the body work together as a whole, as opposed to sort of isolating things. So in Chinese medicine, hemp is considered sort of a, a heart tonic. So it's like it helps calm the spirit. And then in Chinese medicine, it also helps with like liver and kidney yin. So the liver, is in, the liver in particular in Chinese medicine, and these are like the energetic energetic actions of the liver, but the liver is in charge of the free flow of qi and blood throughout the body. So basically how I think about it is when you get stressed, all your qi sort of constrains and stops moving. And then that constraint can lead to heat harassing the heart and it can lead to, you know, hypertension or irritability, PMS, all of that sort of stuff. So we want the liver really happy in Chinese medicine. So CBD really helps with, you know, supporting the liver and helping, you know, calm and nourish the heart. So that's that's kind of how we look at it. But it's it's a Got fun it. thing.
0: <laughs> Got it. And, and they believe that it works synergistically with other herbs, correct?
1: Yeah. So we really focus on a polypharmacy. So instead of, you know, as I was saying, we look at the body and how the systems are all interrelated, you know, like I you know, insomnia isn't just insomnia, where is the insomnia coming from? Is it coming from stress? Is it coming from digestive stuff? Is it coming from, you know, hot flashes, like those are all different systems leading to the same outcome, potentially. Um, But so we use different herbs together so that we can not only potentiate the actions of each herb, but we can also make it safer. So like, we might have one herb that you know, like, so there are research studies that like woo, which is like a traditional herb used, an adaptogen. It's for blackening the hair. And so people use it all the time. It's like very common. But if you use it at really high doses, it can injure the liver. We never use it in really high doses. And when we use it, most of the time we're using it with other herbs that are going to support liver function. So it balances that out. Um, so we, you know, by using the different herbs together, we're able to potentiate the actions. And then we're also really able to like honor the different systems of the body instead of just sort of looking at one, like kind of a one size fits all model.
0: Wow. Now you use a pretty unique extraction process. Can
1: you walk me through what that is and how it works? Oh my God. It's so cool. You should come to Colorado <laughs> and see this. Um, so my manufacturer, I have this uh, brilliant manufacturer up in the mountains in Colorado and he um, he's sort of a physicist chemist and he builds Tesla coils for fun, but he, um, Basically, it's it's called spagyrics and they tincture the herbs in organic grape a- alcohol. And so that's considered taking the spirit of the plant out of the herbs. And then they take the plants after that out of after it's been tinctured, and he burns it for like eight to ten hours. And then from the ashes, he's able to reconstitute all of the salts and minerals, which creates these incredible crystal things. Um, They're they're just beautiful. And he takes those and puts that back into the tincture. So energetically and esoterically, they're combining the body of the plant back with the spirit of the plant. But it creates this really amazing alchemical reaction that makes the herbs really bioavailable. And then what's interesting to me is, um, you know, hemp is a really mineral rich plant. So there's a lot of salts and minerals in hemp. So then again, if we're bringing it back to the entourage effect. This is the only extraction technique, at least that I know of, in which we're able to actually get the salts and minerals into the final product. And my manufacturer actually gets the water solubles, the oil solubles, and all the salts and, and minerals into the, the final product. So we're really getting as much of the hemp plant as possible and respecting the plant in a way that makes it, you know, kind of that that real sacred plant medicine
0: That's and you true. get you get the plant which are you how do you source your plants making sure that they are pesticide and you know uh, toxin free how do you how do you source those you, you test them before you even process them
1: so all the chinese herbs i get from just one one place and they have them all tested before i process them but again i test them again at the end but my hemp i get from a farmer up in longmont just like 15 minutes north of me in colorado and he does next to no-till farming techniques. I mean, he he doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides. He has a whole, you know, ecosystem set up. So he's planting, you know, different flowers to potentiate different bugs, to potentiate different plants, to increase different minerals. And then he goes up to the mountains and gets like mythical healing spring water and brings it down. It's like, it's very Colorado, it's very hippy-dippy and it's kind of magical. Oh
0: well, you know, how is hemp? Yeah, you, know, you you you've said that hemp is uh, gonna be in is I, I get it, but explain to people why you think it's such an important crop for from a global
1: perspective. Well, from a global perspective, I mean, as you were saying, you know, with global warming, we are and with our mass production of crops and and how we are growing our food and how we are feeding our animals. Um, we are losing topsoil, which is an incredibly important, um, you know. It, all it's All
0: over the world. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's like one of the most important things. That is how we grow our food. So if we don't have topsoil, then we cannot grow our food. And it's just not sustainable at all. And the direction that we're going with, clearly, I think everybody can acknowledge that it's not sustainable. So, you know, since hemp is able to not only clean clean the environment, but also potentiate topsoil, it's a way that we can really, really help radically change the way that our world is going and the direction that we're going with. And on top of that, if we're growing good hemp, you know, I mean, there's there's no limit to what we can do with the hemp plant. So even if we're growing hemp that's more specifically being grown to clean out the environment in some places maybe that's hemp that we're not going to want to ingest but it's hemp that we could potentially use for clothes or we could use to power cars or make straw well maybe not straws but you know like you can you use any hemp for almost anything Um, so so that's one of the things that i think is just so important and then as we know you know hemp is just such a master regulatory system, you know, master regulator regulator for our entire system through the endocannabinoid system. And, you know, we as a society are just in such extreme levels of stress now more so than ever. Um, you know, it used to be that our, our fight or flight would kick in when a tiger would come round, but like now it's fight or flight anytime you turn on the news or go outside. Um, so I think, you know, to me, cannabis is just such a safe way to help support us as we are navigating through all of this madness.
0: This madness, you're right. Well, tell us a little bit about some of your products.
1: Um, So what I did to start was sort of look at the different reasons that most people were using hemp and then create formulas around those. So one is our rest and relax. That's the one that everybody uses. I think I just sent you some yesterday, so you'll have that soon. Um, But that one is for insomnia and for well, I guess I can't say that I would say most people (laughs) use that to help support healthy sleep patterns. Um, That one sort of but it also helps with like anxiety, people will take it, you know, I would take it before I go on a podcast or something. So instead of just knocking you out like melatonin, it sort of calms the spirit. So it just sort of calms the mind helps you get into that sort of alpha, delta brainwave state so that you can get some good deep sleep. Um, We've got our, you know, another thing that people often use cannabis for is pain relief. Again, sometimes you're going to want to have a higher level of THC when you're talking about pain and cannabis. Um, So I also have talked to a lot of my patients and people who will get like THC tinctures and add them to our tinctures if they're looking to get more of like a one-to-one or a two-to-one. So they're getting that higher THC count, but not as much psychotropic effects. Um, But so we have our relief remedy, both a topical and an internal. um, And those have been really helpful. I mean, the research on CBD with helping uh, for the opioid epidemic and potentiating opioids effects are just amazing. You know, it, it, a lot of people are able to reduce the amount of opioids that they're on or wean off of them, which is, again, such an important thing for us to work on. And, and
0: that is peer reviewed, written documents that are out there that talk about the fact that cannabis does help and could be the exit drug, if you will, for opioid. Now, I'm not speaking out of turn. I'm speaking there, having read some of these documents myself.
1: Totally. No, it's I mean, it's there's so as you said before, there's so much research on all of this, you know, and it's it's mind boggling, you know, like as as somebody who, like, I didn't want to start a business. I'm a single mom of a child with special needs. Like I only did this because I felt like there was a drastic need for it. And I wanted to help my son and I wanted to put his formula out for other people. You know, but like it's insane the amount of hoops that we have to jump through, you know, and how little I'm actually able to say. Like my if you go to my website, it's like rest and relax. Like I said, may sort of help kind of get you to possibly sleep a little bit. <laughs> like it's right, like I sleep
0: a little bit better. Right, right. Like I can't
1: yeah. I can't post links to research. I can't do anything. Like it's it's really mind boggling. Um, but yeah, so it's I mean, it just it blows me away every day. I mean, the the different whole rabbit holes you can go down with CBD in terms of how it's helping. I mean, in terms of it potentiates tight junctions in the in the gut, so it decreases leaky gut, increases this one bacteria in the gut called acromantia moncophilia, which is amazing. There's research on acromantia for MS. Um, actually, which is one of the ways that I think that it's actually helping with so many neurological conditions. Um, There are receptors for it on the vagus nerve, uh, acts on the 5-HT1A pathway in the brain, which is the same pathway that Prozac works on, increases neurogenesis in the hippocampus, which, you know, is potentially how it's so effective with PTSD. I mean, it's just it's one of those things that like, if you, if you get nerdy on it, it's like, you know, anytime somebody's like, well, does it help with this? I'm like, cool, let's look it up. And then it's but like, You, you wow.
0: said you're not even allowed to, to, to direct people to links.
1: Um, I, well, we had to, I had a bunch of stuff, uh, with like links, you know, to research just quotes from research and like basic information on our blog. And we had to delete the whole thing. So I'm trying to, I've got to figure out how I can do it because you know, educating people and empowering people around their health is is what I want to be doing. Um, but it's it's they've got a, <laughs> a stranglehold on us, quite a bit.
0: <laughs> it's it's really it's really I think it's ridiculous, especially nowadays, especially when they consider this an essential service. But you can't tell anybody about it. How stupid is that? No. Yeah. Uh, somebody wanted to to find out more about you, and uh, where do they go?
1: Um. So the the Products are at RadicalRootsHerbs.com and people can email me at Chloe at RadicalRootsHerbs.com and then if anybody happens to be a parent of a child with special needs, I have a resource website called Remy'sRevenge.com. A lot of these seizure families have like Haley's Hope and like stuff like that, but I'm from Brooklyn, so I got a little feisty with it. So uh, RemusRevenge.com, it just has bu- a bunch of the stuff that I've read and, and explored so that people have a starting place on their journey.
0: And you're offering our listeners here at, at Let's Be Blunt um, a discount today, with 25% off if they use the code BLUNT25. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, uh, well, yeah, yeah. For all my listeners, I want them to understand this. So where do they go to purchase one more time, tell them the website, and then they have to. Do they have to type in the code BLUNT25, and then they'll get the the discount?
1: Yeah. So just go to radicalrootsherbs.com. You can use any of our products that are on there. Um, if you have any questions, again, it's hard for us to say what they're for, but if you have questions, you're always welcome to reach out to me. Um, but then once you go to checkout, there should be a little box for the coupon code. Just type it in and you should get your 25% off. If you have any issues, just let us know. But it should be. Come
0: pretty- on. I can't thank you enough, Chloe Weber, for doing that for all my viewers.
1: Of course, it's my pleasure. I love what you're doing. I think it's so important, you know, to advocate for this amazing plant and for people getting good, safe medicine. I mean, it's it blows my mind the side effects that people are willing to to deal with with uh, pharmaceuticals, yet not open to to this plant that can help so many people.
0: Well, again, you know, we're living in a time when people don't believe truth; they believe just BS. And so, you know, I'm hoping that you cut through the clutter. By giving them truth rather than BS, you know what I mean. So thank you for what you're doing. Anything else you want to share?
1: Uh, no, just thank you so much. It's really been quite an honor.
0: It's been an honor having you, and I, you know, I wish Remy the best. I hope that he continues to, you know, um, thrive, and it's because he's got a mom who's working as hard as she is to do that for him. So thank you so much for what you're doing, and keep it up. Thank you. For sure. And if you want to, you know, um, make sure you tune into this entire one hour edition of Let's Be Blunt let Oh, I thank you all for being here. Um, and remember, one more time, Chloe, tell them the website.
1: <laughs> RadicalRootsHerbs.com.
0: And you get 25% off if you just say Blunt's 25 in the discount code, okay? So make sure you use that. Thank you, Chloe. You be well, stay well, keep your son well. And we, you always have a home here if ever you have anything you want to talk about, okay?
1: Thank you so much.
0: You too. Absolutely. All right. Join us on the next Let's Be Blunt with Montal. Thanks for joining me on Let's Be Blunt with Montal. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also, so please send us your comments.